Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. with each other just tell me did you sleep with her okay i slept with her you happy did you say am i happy you gotta be oh god here he comes oh jasper what's the story with you two anyway i'm head over heels you know everybody may i introduce the newly engaged jasper blue i hate my horrible life Iris and Amanda are in exactly the same place. Where do I want to go by myself? Depressed at Christmas. Just 6,000 miles apart. Home exchange. We switch houses, cars, everything. Bingo. Welcome to Rewatchability. It's the podcast where we rewatch old movies and see them through a modern lens, through Christmas glasses. <laughs> our Christmas glasses. Are Christmas glasses a thing? Yeah, sure, you can invent them. Like the New Year's glasses have like the... I think that's what I was thinking of. We've done three Christmas episodes so far and we're running out of Christmas metaphors. We've re-gifted everything. Oh my God, yeah, we've been snowed in. We've uh, This whole thing is snowballed. It's, it's really bad. And we have another Christmassy, or at least holiday-y movie mm-hmm. to talk about today. Uh, and we have a very special guest... Who we'll get to. But first, we should thank our Patreons. Those are the people who give us a little bit of money each month, and that helps keep the podcast going. Yeah. And in return, you get the podcast early. And, and a little bit of cheer from us. Yeah. Christmas cheer. And you get the podcast ad-free. True. Which is the true spirit of Christmas. <laughs> right. We tell ourselves. It wasn't invented just to sell things, right? Can't uh, have been. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm here, as always, with... Blaine Waters. And our very special guest is... Katie Connell. You're a writer. Yes. About film. Yeah. You write for numerous publications, including Another Gaze. Yes, I do. And I'm Toronto-based. And I'm also a film programmer at Inside Out. And, yeah, a bunch of other things. That's great. That's awesome. Nice. Uh, Before we even start, where can people find you online? On Twitter, at Katie N. Connell. Okay, great. I'm not profesh enough to have a website. (laughs) (laughs) Twitter's enough. Yeah. I mean, no one has a website anymore. And today we're going to be talking about the most Christmassy movie ever, probably. <laughs> Just throwing that out there? Yeah, you know. Watching it fall off the wall because I mean, it doesn't stick? Don't you want every Christmas movie to be the most Christmassy movie ever? Yeah. You want it to aspire to the spirit of Christmas? Well, I think that's what they're all kind of aiming for, you know? They're yeah. like, this will be the new holiday classic. And we'll talk about whether this one is. It is The Holiday, starring Kate Winslet, Cameron Diaz, and to a lesser extent, Jack Black and Jude Law. <laughs> well, well said. Yeah, well said. it's a big, big movie directed and written by Nancy Myers. Yeah, Blaine, I know that you love romantic comedies. I, I have a soft spot for romantic comedies. I do love them. So, yeah. when was the first time that you saw The Holiday? Man, I've seen like bits and pieces of this movie throughout the years on like TBS and like you know being played on TV. Okay. But I had never—I was a big Tenacious D fan, <laughs> you know—and yeah. I had never—I had never seen like Jack Black act serious. Right. And so when I saw the trailer to this film and Jack Black was trying to act serious, I, my mind had like a conniption. It's hard I, to wrap your head around. Yeah. <laughs> that this guy is an actor. That he can both be funny and dramatic. So when I saw the trailer, I was like, ooh. 
<laughs> misstep, and then I stepped around it, and I never saw it until uh, until watching it for this podcast. Well, not even for this podcast, because uh, my wife was like, you haven't seen this movie? You have to watch this movie. And we watched it a few weeks ago. Well, that counts as for the podcast. Yeah, I guess. If you say, I have to watch it, and then your <laughs> wife says, yes, I would watch that with you. That is you watching it for the podcast. It, it feels less like a chore when when someone enjoys a movie with you, though. Yeah, you know. So anyway, I was pleasantly surprised, and it was nice watching it with someone who like really enjoyed it as well. Okay. Instead of just kind of on my own, being like, "Oh no, here's Jack Black trying to fall in love with someone on screen." Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. What What about you? When did you first see this movie? Yeah, Kate? I would agree with you that Jack Black is really done dirty by this movie. <laughs> right. He is. Um, his character is. So tragically underwritten. But I think I must have first seen it when it came out. And I remember similarly thinking it looked terrible. Yeah. And then watching it and finding that there were some really interesting things or things that felt kind of innovative in terms of romantic comedies for me to hang on to. Mm -hmm. But uh, my partner loves this film and we we rewatch it together every year. Um, Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's something that keeps me coming back to... Wow. Both L.A. and – is it Surrey? I believe uh, so. Surrey. Yeah. yeah, with a fringe on top. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For sure. So how many years in a row has it been that you've rewatched this movie? Well, my partner and I have been together for seven years. Oh, so my God. it must be – yeah, it must be seven. Wow. <laughs> yeah, shocking. <laughs> I am I, I'm impressed, mm-hmm. a little bit aghast, <laughs> but I think I can see how it would be enjoyable to watch – as part of a Christmas tradition. Mm-hmm. It's like someone watching someone do verbal yoga. <laughs> I can see how it would be enjoyable to watch. No, no. I, I can definitely see it too. It was just funny watching you do it. Well, I have to confess that, like Blaine, I did not see The Holiday up until this point. And I, too, didn't see it for the podcast because I watched it with my girlfriend. So I guess, you know, it's fine. <laughs> We haven't stretched the premise of our thing too too far. (laughs) Well, you know, I I was also, I think, put off it for the same reasons. Mm -hmm. I also was a Jack Black fan. Mm -hmm. I, you know, kind of had a crush on Kate Winslet. Oh, me too. Yeah. yeah. That I forgot to mention. Yeah. Titanic. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, like, really hate Jude Law. So that also was a good reason (laughs) to avoid the movie. And that's not to say that he doesn't give good performances and things. But, like, he is best at playing somebody you're supposed to hate. Yeah. And uh, this didn't seem like one of those movies. So I completely – I just didn't see it. I think I was always interested in seeing it because I assumed it would be, like, a train wreck. <laughs> And that's why I was excited to uh, watch it for the podcast. But I think I, too, was pleasantly surprised, though also I think there are some uh, flaws in this film, which are part of its charm, perhaps. It's a holiday miracle. Look at that. It's a holiday miracle. (laughs) (laughs) So let's just go over the holiday. Yeah. If you ha- recap it for people like Rob and I, I hadn't seen it before now. Or who haven't watched it every single year. Part of a Christmas tradition. Yeah. I think you're going to, like, correct us a lot during this rundown. Katie. Oh, happy to uh, <laughs> chime in with my edits, just <laughs> nice. like Kate on Jasper's manuscript. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, like Jasper, we don't deserve your help. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a story about these two women who exchange houses. One of them is Kate Winslet. She starts off the movie narrating it. She is a writer. She's like a columnist of some sort. She works in a publishing place. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a newspaper, right? Yeah, it's like an actual newspaper. Right, yeah. 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 When those things were a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what she's doing now. Yeah, well, I mean, probably a job a lot like yours, Katie. Freelancing. Freelancing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which well, she is has a better, podcast. right? Oh, oh yeah, God. there's yeah. so much freedom. <laughs> <laughs> but she's not in a great place because she is having uh, troubles because she had some sort of tumultuous relationship thingy mm. with Rufus Sewell. The guy from Dark City. <laughs> yeah, and it's a dark city in her heart <laughs> because he won't give her what she wants. And he won't let her go. Yeah. He keeps on, you know, coming back and taking little bits. Yeah, I didn't understand the Rufus Sewell thing. I'm like, what what about him? What about him, Kate Winslet? You know, what about him? 
Well, I just didn't get it. I get it. Yeah? I mean, yeah. Um, I think that what's kind of criminal about this film is that sh- those two actors have much better chemistry than Kate Winslet does with Jack Black. Right. Oh, but yeah. yeah, I like. I totally believe it. Like, I don't. Mm. It's, he's absolutely horrible, but I totally believe their right. chemistry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And across the pond. <laughs> Cameron Diaz, I mean, her life seems pretty great. She is the owner of this really hip business that makes movie trailers. And we get to see, like, the fake movie trailer for like, this. Throughout the film, though, the movie trailers keep on coming back for her. Well, we see the fake movie trailer for this thing starring James Franco and Lindsay Lohan. Mm-hmm. And then she starts to imagine her life as the star of a movie for which there is a trailer for her. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. She's like the main character in her own story, you know. Yeah, yeah. which would be, uh, I don't know, aggravating, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Did the trailer voice just keep on coming in? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, kind of cool. And Blaine's joke didn't land. Damn it, can you get Why does this here? have to be in the trailer? <laughs> Nobody's going to want to watch this. Exactly. <laughs> but she's having relationship troubles with Edward Burns. Mm-hmm. That's his name, right? Oh, who knows? He's like, <laughs> yeah, I, know, he, right? I think I wrote down here, like, very plastic, like, looks plastic. Right. Yeah. yeah. I thought he was, like, a Baldwin cousin. Like, that's what he felt like. <laughs> a peripheral Baldwin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he just caught the Baldwinitis by, like, going to a party or something. Yeah, I feel like he was on a show a long time ago, but he doesn't look the same or something like that. So I couldn't place him. But anyway, she thinks that he has been cheating on her with his secretary, and it turns out that he has. And so she punches him in the face. (laughs) Twice. Yeah, I mean, this movie does pleasantly hold up over the years, but then there's some things like that where I'm like, I don't don't know if everyone's going to cheer in the the theater now. I bet they did. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, it seemed a little out of place. But they're both in a bad place Mm -hmm. around the holiday Christmas is coming up, and no one likes being alone at Christmas. Right. And Kate Winslet's taking it really bad because she's trying to uh, kill herself with the gas oven. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Which is a very British way to die. Yeah, yeah. Didn't Sylvia Plath, wasn't that? Yeah. Yeah. Was she British? Yeah, I don't know. No. (laughs) Happy. This is, yeah, this is a movie podcast, not a literature podcast. (laughs) I can get away with it. But she's basically saved... Because she gets a, a message from Cameron Diaz on this home exchange thing. Right. Airbnb, I think. No? No, that wasn't it. <laughs> well, this is pre-Airbnb. Yeah, that's crazy. It's very unclear what the app is. And when Kate Winslet opens her laptop at home to, like, log on, it's already open on the desktop, which makes me feel like she's always on it, which is yeah. very odd. Like, I found that detail odd. Yeah. yeah. She just, she's on it all day from work, daydreaming about doing the house exchange. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It also seems like two different user interfaces on both their computers. Like right. they're on two different websites. Well, there's yes, the American yes. version and the British internet. <laughs> right, exactly. The British internet is all different. They yeah. surf on the wrong lane of the <laughs> right. They have a U in color. That's awful. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently it was a real website. So, oh, okay. But I think they could have done more in like setting it up for us. There's a lot of bad exposition in this movie. Well, that's before like any of the texts on screen while people were texting. Oop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Before we knew what to do with computers on screen, they were just like, as people wrote with a quill back in the day, like, dear sir. You know, like yeah. they'd read out everything they were writing. But did you guys – I actually thought, and maybe you guys agree with me, that like I kind of – liked the almost, like, friendship relationship that Kate Winslet and Cameron Diaz formed online. Like, they were, like, you know, having fun, helping each other out. You know, it was like, I I was like, where's that relationship? Are they going to keep, like, chatting throughout the movie and being like, you wouldn't believe what happened with your brother? I know. I remember mentioning to my partner how desperate I was that I like how much I wish that they ended up together. Yeah. And because that sort of vivacity is there in Mm -hmm. their exchange with one another. I think that they just put that part in so that it satisfies the Bechdel test, because otherwise (laughs) it kind of doesn't. (laughs) Like, does it count if it's online, like through a home exchange site? (laughs) No, they talk on the phone. No, about man. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Well, I guess even this is about men because she's asked if there's any boys in the town. But then she says no. And she'll be like, I'll be there tomorrow. (laughs) 
So they do this. They like, you know, drop everything mm-hmm. and do the whole switcheroo, as they call it in England. <laughs> That's not what they call it. <laughs> and Kate Winslet comes to L.A. and she gets to enjoy Cameron Diaz's like fucking mansion. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's so funny. This movie, like the relationships that were meant to like champion this movie, like the the male female relationships, uh, it's it it feels like there's better relationships, like you said, with the the two female protagonists, but also with the person that Kate Winslet meets in L.A., which is not Jack right. Black. You're talking about Eli Wallach. <laughs> oh man, am I ever? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love their relationship. I love that whole part of the movie. It's so heartwarming to explain. She sees this old man who seems like a little bit confused, a little bit lost, wandering in the neighborhood, and she offers to help him out. And, uh, you know, he talks about how he's lived in the neighborhood for years and it's changed and that's why he has trouble remembering. And it turns out that this guy is an old-timey screenwriter. Yeah. Screenwriter of movies, presumably just like this one. (laughs) Well, this was some neat cute. (laughs) Sorry? It's how two characters meet in a movie. Say, Say a man and a woman both need something to sleep in. And they both go to the same men's pajama department. Right. And the man says to the salesman, I just need bottoms. The woman says, I just need a top. They look at each other, and that's the meat cube. This this movie is so self-referential at so many times because it is part of the movie industry and it talks about movies all the time yeah. and what they do in movies. Sorry. I think that's what I love about it. It's so meta between like the trailer voiceover narration that mm-hmm. happens to Cameron Diaz, the stuff with Arthur Abbott, very curious about his extensive IMDb, but it's very much about movies. It's aware of itself as a movie and I think that's what feels kind of fresh about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like the scream of uh, romantic comedies or exactly. something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kate Winslet doesn't just get one romantic interest or, you know, non-romantic interest. Yeah. I don't know. One friend, one person that she talks to. Yeah. <laughs> she also, she has a sort of uh, pretty hot meet cute with Jack Black when he uh, helps pull something out of her eye. I think it's like an eyelash. She's like, <laughs> Just keeps on coming. He's a magician. It's the worst. Whoa! Keep it to do! And he plays a composer of movie scores, so also very much in this world. And also, like, very similar to Jack Black as a musician. Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, we're already asking Jack Black to behave a lot in this film. (laughs) Probably shouldn't make him stretch his character too much. Oh, man. Well, you know in his writer he had, like, I have one scat scene, you know? And they're like, What? He's like, no, no, with the you know jazz, uh, and so they have they have this one scene, and they're like, we have to make him a musician because he needs to do this like It's true uh, with Kate Winslet at some point in this yeah. movie, which happens. I watched it with the captions on, and the scootaloo boop is oh, captioned. No. It was it was hilarious. Really? Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it must be written into Jack Black and Ed Helms's contracts for various <laughs> projects right. that they must get. Fourteen scootaloo boops per page. <laughs> Jack Black is playing Cameron Diaz's ex-boyfriend's buddy or whatever, and he's like picking up some of his stuff or whatever. He has a girlfriend in the car, but the movie's still trying to like make us like want them to hook up rather unsuccessfully. <laughs> It's yeah, his girlfriend is very I mean, this is a tertiary character, but like way underplayed. She's just like an appendage for him. She never even really talks in the movie. No, she's very hollow and her fashion is very two thousand and six. I've been yes. rewatching the L word at the okay. same time. <laughs> and I feel like I could see her at the planet. Right. <laughs> Love it. But over across the pond. I'm going to keep saying that. (laughs) Cameron Diaz, she's not quite enjoying her side of the bargain because, yeah, she's used to the mansion life and the cozy British 
cottage that Kate Winslet has switched with her is a little bit too cozy for oh my you know, God. a Hollywood elite. It's insane because like uh, like you see that and you're like, there's no apartment or house in like this world that I could afford like that. And Cameron yeah. Diaz like is complaining about it. It's I so sad. It. I know. I was like, the amount of money that you'd need to get that apartment in Toronto. Damn it. Well, also, I think the amount of money somebody pointed out on the internet, the amount of money that it would cost in Surrey would also be prohibitive. Like, it's right. still like a $2 million cottage, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It's so cozy. I wrote down in my notes, too, that house is way nicer to me than Cameron Diaz's mansion. Totally, it's yeah. so yeah. cozy. The bathtub is... Unreal. Yeah. I know. Oh, yeah. I would love yeah. that bathtub. Cameron love Diaz it. is like, oh, this bathtub. I'm like, there's exposed brick. Yeah. It's yeah. a very clawfoot. Come on. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm a man who loves thing. a bath. So I was also very. I guess some bath bombs for, your, for Christmas. That's yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but while she's there, she gets a random visitor in the middle of the night. Who is Jude Law? Your nemesis. Yeah. <laughs> and because she's in England, she can't just shoot him for being a trespasser. <laughs> and she doesn't fight him? No. No, it's crazy. Her reaction yeah. to him is insane. No. And this is Iris's, Kate Winslet's character's brother, right. who sometimes stops in when he's too drunk to drive home. And he's a very greasy character. Not greasy. He's just gross. He's gross, right? Yeah, I mean, he's in pain is kind of what we're led to discover later. Right. He's in mourning. Right, because while they... they Ready to move on mourning. (laughs) They immediately sleep together. Like, first they snog a bit, and then Jude Law snogs Cameron Diaz's eyes. (laughs) What are you talking about with the eyes again? (laughs) He does. What's his... How does he snog her eyes? He's like, ah. (laughs) You can't see that, but it was disgusting. All right. (laughs) But then they, they agree because, you know, she's going to be leaving anyway. She's decided to go home early that they might as well just sleep together because why the heck not? You know, um, given that I'm in a bit of a personal crisis and um, I find myself in a total stranger's home in yeah. a town that I can't actually remember the name of. And considering that you showed up and you're like insanely good looking and really drunk and probably won't remember me anyway, um, I'm thinking we should have sex if you want and she suggests it too i mean that's what's kind of cool about this movie is it gives a lot of a lot more autonomy to its women characters than general like any other rom-com yeah Yeah. and she's like we're never going to see each other again like we should go for it and yeah i think that's an important distinction that it's not his idea or suggestion yeah Yeah, it's very powerful yeah yeah we're empowered that's true but Jude Law, he does seem to be like, you know, he definitely, even though he had a good time, he doesn't want to get involved. And he seems like he has other things going on because he's a real player. Names on his cell phone. Yeah. Two names, Sophie and Olivia. That's weird. Yeah. You know, but she, at one point she stands up for herself and she's like, you know what? I'm. I don't want you to come in. I don't want to sleep with you because I'm going home and don't want to complicate things. Right. And so he goes home, and then she gets this second thought, and so she runs to his place. I don't know how she knows where it is, but <laughs> he opens the door, and he does not look happy to see her. Right. And like they're very much setting up that, like you know, oh, there's another woman, possibly two other women's right. in this apartment. <laughs> But it's not another woman. No, it's an adorable flaw. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's two young girls, his his daughters. It's like rom-com bait, you know? Yeah. He's he's a widower, and he's mm-hmm. doing his best as a dad, even Which, though he sometimes drinks too much. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sleeps with random women. Well, we don't know that he sleeps with random – well, I mean, I guess you're right. Cameron Diaz is a – well, she's the protagonist. It's not that random. <laughs> Ran him to his life. And there's also this, like, kind of misleading thing at the beginning where they're talking about, like, love. And at one point they're like, and just, like, 
love off the cuff love like love that you don't follow up on like you know do you sleep around love and then he's in a bar and he just like looks at this random woman like with an <laughs> eyebrow raised <laughs> and she calls the cops immediately but yeah so we're led to believe that he's kind of this guy that does this all the time yeah um, but but yeah that's the twist mm-hmm. yeah no yeah. and also being a widower very british yeah seems very british too very, a very british widower <laughs> <laughs> Kate Winslet, meanwhile, I mean, I guess she's having her romantic comedy business yeah. with the old man. With the, <laughs> that's my favorite part of this movie, yeah. the old man in her, because you expect her to be with Jack Black right away, or like to, but she has a way longer like trajectory. It's true, and she has like the woman that she's meant to be to become, and that's a that's a longer journey. And I loved watching that a lot too. Yeah. It's like a beautiful intergenerational friendship, which you so rarely see in movies of this ilk, too. Mm -hmm. And I was saying to my partner, I don't understand why the Jack Black romance needed to be in there in the first place. It would be fine with just the intergenerational friendship. Um, But then and my partner said, you know, that, yeah, this section of the movie is about her falling in love with herself. Yeah. Which is. Yeah. Which is cool. And. Jack Black, welcome to the party, but he's not, <laughs> really, yeah, not really needed. <laughs> I'll be over here scanning in the corner. <laughs> not in the corner. Take that any way you need it. <laughs> use the toilet, Jack Black. <laughs> There's a really nice thing where he's got like this invitation from the Writers Guild of America West. They're doing like this big thing in yeah. honor of him, but Lifetime he doesn't want to go. Kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't want to go because he's too old and he has a hard time moving. And, and he still have... thinks he's on the blacklist. So. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I won't name names. <laughs> Damn you, McCarthy. <laughs> Elia, what are you doing? <laughs> The Jack Blacklist. Yeah, that's, there. that's that's the better version <laughs> of what, what I just said. Like. Damn it, it was right there. <laughs> <laughs> but she's going to help him do the thing, and she does some aqua fitness with him. And mm-hmm. then also because her with Jack Black's help, they're hanging out a little bit, and she he composes like this like epic score for him to help like encourage him mm-hmm. and it's like really it's a really cute scene when they're doing the awards and he gets up and he does the walking and then he's like oh the stairs <laughs> <laughs> and then the score comes in and you know he's able to do it yeah it works yeah yeah definitely yeah. and i like that jack black has the moment of like i made a score for you too kate winslet and he just like plays titanic yeah no, <laughs> <laughs> no but he does he does it it feels very much like his like a scene it's like oh we finally allowed jack black to like play the person that he should be playing all along almost well kind of i mean Yes, it is like a character that is very much like modeled after Jack Black, but it's like Jack Black if they didn't let him do anything. <laughs> like Jack Black, whatever you do, don't be Jack Black. He's so like not restrained because that's a word you use when you're talking about good performances. <laughs> but it seems like they like Nancy Myers was like, "Okay, do one take for you." And then he like wore out all of his energy, and then he's like, "Okay, now do a take with none of that." And you can just see him, like, he's, like, exploding at the eyebrows through everything. (laughs) He's like that little girl in, like, Let the Right One In, just, like, bleeding out all pores (laughs) on his body. Just the comedy coming out. (laughs) Like, let me improv a song. (laughs) But that's why I like that scene, because he was, like, playing the tune for her and, like, kind of baiting her with things. Like, no, that's the tune to this movie and, like, stuff like that. I liked that. I I thought it was, like, a very natural scene between the two of them. It felt like they were improving. Yeah. And they – I was like, oh – I now finally see something between the two of them because all movie I didn't. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they get close because Jack Black's girlfriend is an actress and she's off doing some movie. And so they're going to hang out and watch one of Arthur's old movies. Mm-hmm. And while they're at the blockbuster, blast from the past, <laughs> <laughs> they see Jack Black's girlfriend walking down the street with some guy and Jack Black's like, what? <laughs> and he, like, freaks out because, you know, she was cheating on him. But, like, was he not, like, kind of doing the same thing? Like, was that not, like, a prelude to some sort of funny business on his end? Like, oh, girlfriend's out of town. I'm going to hang out with this British Kate Winslet woman. Watch a movie alone. Netflix and chill. I don't know what that means, but it sounds like sex. (laughs) 
It's impractical having to wait a week for the disks to come in the mail. <laughs> it's probably enough time to uh, stop yourself from making any decisions you're going to regret. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. They're they're not. I mean, both these people aren't meant for the other people they're supposed to be with. The mm-hmm. Seawall and the uh, that poor woman that has one line and was like, "Oh, my agent got me a job in a movie with Jack Black, Jude Law, <laughs> Cameron Diaz. It's directed by Nancy Myers. My career is going some." And then she was never heard again. A I th- poor woman. I think her name is Shannon Sossaman. She was like a thing, but I don't remember what. Mm. No, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> no. no, never heard from again. <laughs> well, yeah, they sort of get closer, and then he asks if he can spend New Year's Eve with her, and she says, "Well, I'm going back to England." And then he's like, "Oh, oh, right, I'm a rich Hollywood person. I can go there with you." <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, oh, okay." The that was one hard part of watching this movie is just seeing the affluence in all these characters. Right. <laughs> you agree? Oh, my God. I kept thinking about the toll on climate change that their long-distance <laughs> relationships are going to take because yeah. of all of the flying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The Santa Ana is now burning down California forests instead of bringing people together. <laughs> it's tearing families apart. That God. Greta Thunberg hates this movie. <laughs> As well as us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but they're all so rich and they have no – Yeah. There's, there's no real you know, obstacles in their lives at all. Oh, no. No. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, it's very much like an upper class cultural elite white person mm. movie. Yeah. I'm <laughs> dreaming of a white It is. It's Christmas. pretty bad. Though, we should say, while we're talking about a little bit of diversity, this is one of the few Christmas movies or holiday movies with a little bit of Hanukkah in it. They actually have the Hanukkah party with Jack Black and Eli Wallach and all those other dudes who I oh, read in the right. IMDb trivia are actually Jewish. And, <laughs> I mean, that seems like, I, I like that because, A, it seems a lot more honest than, you know, the old thing of, like, Jewish writers in Hollywood having to write all of these Christmas movies yeah. and whatever. For the goys. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. And not being able to acknowledge their own celebrations yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Yeah. It's still, it's still yes, white as a snowflake. It's still, yes, it's yes. This. <laughs> very white, very white. I just have to say, this is one of the best comics I've ever had. <laughs> I've had too much of the Manischewitz. I'm going to have to be cut off. I take this very seriously. Can I tell you the truth? He amazes me. Don't listen to them. They're nuts. Okay, so you're telling me you were not a ladies' man. Never. I married very young. Yes, only because he had the greatest girl in town. He had to marry her to take her off the market. That's the truth. <laughs> One thing we forgot about the plot of the film is that throughout it, uh, Cameron Diaz is battling with the fact that she can't cry. Oh, my God. She can't <laughs> cry. What like, what a conceit for a, a rom-com. And yeah, like, I kind of I get it a little bit. I do. I do kind of get it a little bit. Because you can't cry? Don't, I've I'm, seen you cry. You make me cry <laughs> weekly on the podcast. No, but seeing the movie, I was like, oh, this movie's going to get dark because, like, not being able to cry is something that, like, right. something like, that would signal, like, a major repression. Yeah, something awful must have affected them. Yeah, but yeah. what was it? No, her parents just got divorced when she was young and she yeah. didn't expect it. <laughs> no one's been through that. Yeah. yeah. Ever. <laughs> Maybe that's why I can't cry. <laughs> Except for every day <laughs> when I think about my parents and their divorce. Oh my god. Why did it, was it my fault? <laughs> oh god. Yeah, that's such like a crazy thing for this movie and I know. I don't like such like a like a weird rom-com conceit. Uh, I like I even remember as a kid like this is going to sound really fucking cold-hearted, but like as a kid some of my friends their parents were going through divorce. And my friends would be like, it's awful. Like, they should stay together. And I was like, but if they're not happy, they're not going to make you happy either, you know? And they were like, you don't know what it's like. (laughs) Yeah, you're awful. You're an awful person. (laughs) We're not friends anymore. (laughs) All right, fine. 
<laughs> yeah, but at the end of the movie, since Kate Winslet and Jack Black are going to be in England, mm-hmm. also Cameron Diaz decides that she can't leave. She wants all of this. She decides to stay. They end up all spending the holidays together in one wordless scene. (laughs) (laughs) Which is beautiful, kind of. Yeah, they kind of all trade partners and start dancing, too. Right. The real switcheroo yeah, it's happens like, at the like, end. Oh. <laughs> and I was loving the dynamic in the switcheroo. Like Cameron Diaz and Jack Black were having a blast dancing yes. together. I could yeah. see that working. Because they're too. both such comedic performers, too. Like, I, I mean, Kate Wins is more known for the drama and same with Jude Law. So I felt like they, I understood them together more and more. Mm. Except <laughs> the two of them are siblings. So, so that would oh, be bad. Yeah. Oh, you're right. <laughs> that would be like a Canadian novel of a movie. <laughs> And that's the plot of The Holiday. Mm. We have more to talk about when we come back. I've got the trivia, some hard ones for you guys. And also the the behind-the-scenes stuff. We're going to learn how this movie came to be after this holiday. (laughs) Are you calling this small break a holiday? Yes. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We're back. It's Rewatchability. We have Katie Connell with us, and we're talking about the holiday. <laughs> you, were, you were getting so jazzed up about the holiday. I love it. So you have some trivia I'm, for us. I'm going into Jack Black mode. Okay. That's what's happening. <laughs> okay. Just nonstop scatting for the next... It was a holiday. <laughs> you better kneel and pray. <laughs> In a Christian way, or Jewish, if that's how you believe. <laughs> I don't know. No Jack Black. I have some questions. I have more questions than you do after what just happened. But go on. So this is something that you may not know if you haven't done any research or you don't know anything about celebrity romance. If that's not your bag, which is not really mine, but I happen to find this out. So which two stars – I took it right from IMDb Trivia – which two stars (laughs) of this film had previously been – in a real romantic relationship. Oh, my God. Yeah. Eli Wallach and Jack Black. <laughs> yeah. I want to see that relationship. <laughs> Have a good time. Me too. I know, right? Yeah. It'd be cute. No, I don't know. If, uh, what do you think? Is it Winslet and Law? No. Oh. Though I, I can see how you would think that. They have a lot mm-hmm. of, uh, again, chemistry. Mm-hmm. No, it was, in <laughs> fact, it was Kate Winslet and Rufus Sewell. Uh, Which is why their chemistry was so undeniable. Wait, I did love she it. did she leave him to go with uh, that director, the the guy Sam Mendes? Oh, maybe I think so. Oh, I don't. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to gossip on this podcast. Oh, it's all about oh, gossip. I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, are they still together? No, Sam I think Mendes that they broke up. They they broke oh, up. Okay. Yeah, because of Revolutionary Road. <laughs> right. <laughs> Titanic 2. Titanic 2. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I can see how – I mean, that would be a – that's a steamy couple. Honestly know? hot. Yeah. I would it. watch them in like a movie where they get to do a lot of spooching. <laughs> it's snogging. But – right. It, right. For the British – the British dub would be snogging. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like Kate Winslet. <laughs> <laughs> You're just jealous of Rufus Sewell, that's all. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm glad that she has, you know, meaningful relationships. Right. But not one now. Is and she, she's, is she's, she available? No, she's, she's exchanging a house with uh, Cameron Diaz. Okay. <laughs> so in the movie, this is the second question. In the movie, Arthur, Eli Wallach, says Cary Grant was from Surrey, which is where Kate Winslet's cottage is. Right. That is incorrect. He, oh. uh, he was suffering from dementia. <laughs> oh, God. That's why I didn't know where his home was. <laughs> where oh. was Cary Grant actually from? Oh, my Lord. 
Poughkeepsie. <laughs> do you have a guess? I, have, I do not have a guess. That mm. one is baffling to me. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe still in, in around London. Um, I'm going to... Uh... Do you remember the character from A Fish Named Wanda was named after Cary Grant's real name, Archibald MacLeish? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Does that help you? Uh, Scotland? <laughs> no. No, he's actually from Bristol. Mm. Bristol, England. Okay, yeah. Chap. <laughs> yeah. Just call me a chav? Yeah, uh, yeah I could have. <laughs> I don't know what it means. I don't know if it's worse than chap. <laughs> I'm, Eli, we're at a loss. Eli Wallach had a really interesting career. Do you guys know anything about no, no, him? Elucidate. He was the ugly in Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he also did lots of plays with my fave, Tennessee Williams. Oh, he did, did like he? That's awesome. four or five plays, and he was also in them a lot of the times with his wife. I can't remember her name, but she was also an actress. <laughs> That's awesome. What a, what a career. That's great. Yeah. And I, I loved him in this movie. Yeah. He was so great. I, and, you know, I've seen him in other things. And I think he was performing, you know, right until his 90s. I don't know how old he is here, probably in his 80s. But it was great. It was great to see, like, an old dude get to do his thing. Well, and what great casting. Like, a person with that much of a storied history playing someone with a storied history just, like, offset into, mm-hmm. like, actor to writer. I thought it was – that's great. Yeah. Kind of another meta element to the film. Yeah. Also, yeah, the – I was thinking earlier when we were talking about this, but the composition, too. Like, I think Jack Black's – like, what he composes in the film is actually the same as the Hans Zimmer score. Oh, they yeah. bleed into one another. They and the do, score yeah. is amazing yeah. in this movie. The score is really amazing. And like the composer gets a nod in the script, Hans Zimmer. <laughs> yeah. And like I love first of all that it's Hans Zimmer because you, you barely recognize it without the blah, blah. <laughs> it's a very like, you know, it has lots of it's a diverse score. Mm-hmm. And also it features appearances by Imogen Heap and Herb Alpert from the Tijuana Brass, <laughs> nice. which I thought was really cool. And again, also, I like that like the movie it uses a lot of the talk about composing scores in like the movie as well. Like They talk about Morricone a lot, and then bits of Morricone are sort of woven into Zimmer's score. Yeah, it's pretty genius. I like that stuff a lot. Yeah, it feels really good. And it feels really good the same way that like the Cameron Diaz imagining her life as a trailer feels good. Like Nancy Myers is so comfortable as a Hollywood right. person. In that world. Yeah. And she's bringing her world to us. Yeah. Okay. Which full of affluence. <laughs> what a Yeah. <laughs> a few blind spots, Nancy. A few blind spots. <laughs> Third question. Oh, just uh, piggybacking on that, there is this one scene that I noticed watching it where Jack Black is talking to his his girlfriend or seeing whether to get back together or not after she cheated on him. And he's on the couch and it's like this wide shot so you don't really see it, but he's like thinking of Kate Winslet and so her theme is playing. And not only is her theme playing, he's playing the chords on the couch beside him as wow. he's as she's as his like girlfriend is talking to him. He's playing that like, and I thought it was just a lovely little thing. I don't know whether Nancy Myers did that or Jack Black did that, but I, I thought it was just like uh, there was some depth to this movie that I didn't expect to see. It was great. Yeah, yeah. I just got chills hearing you describe. That. I didn't notice that in the film. Yeah. That's it's awesome. just such a little thing, and he's yeah. just like, oh yeah, I thought it was beautiful. Yeah, it's really neat. Yeah. Third question. This is not a piece of Hollywood magic, though I guess it is in its way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. The movie The Holiday made an appearance in the emails of a disgraced politician in the emails to his mistress. <laughs> Who was that politician? Oh, my God. Yeah. Disgraced politician. It's like a U.K. politician, right? No, an American politician. Was it Wiener? No, it wasn't Anthony <laughs> Wiener. Good guess, though. Good guess. Uh, Blaine, do you have a guess? Uh, Bill Clinton. No, it wasn't Bill Clinton. No, it was actually a Republican. It was Governor Mark Sanford. I don't know if you guys remember that one, but uh, no. Yeah, this he he referenced the holiday in uh, emails to his mistress. He said, "This is a movie that reminds me a lot about us." Right. <laughs> Presumably because he's a Jude Law type. <laughs> <laughs> 
But no, he was he he was having an affair, and um, he was lying to everybody, including like his staff, saying that he instead of being off in Portugal stopping his mistress, he was hiking the Appalachian Trail. Oh wow! You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. That's the metaphor I'm going to use. <laughs> <laughs> You're no Cheryl Strayed, Mark Samford. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, that guy sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Open communication, guys. That's it. That's all you need. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, don't, don't, don't use this movie for evil, I guess, is the moral of that story. <laughs> also, how is Bill Clinton going to use this? I just don't understand. That came out like 10 years after that whole scandal, this movie. Son of a bitch. Someday. There's going to be a movie. Anyway. So, of course, this was directed by uh, and written by Nancy Myers, And at this point, she'd already had quite a career in Hollywood. She'd started way, way back. Her first production job was as a PA on The Price is Right. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And then she got a job as the story editor at uh, the film division of Motown. Well, that's pretty sweet, too. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's an awesome job. Who would turn that down? Well, this is the thing. While there, this is where she turned it into her sort of breakthrough success. She co-wrote with the head of the film division there a little movie called Private Benjamin, which was a— Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn. Huge movie for her in particular, and a big movie because— Before that, a lot of people, they basically said it was Hollywood poison to have a movie with a female lead where there is no male co-star. Right. So she blew that myth right out of the water with that script. And it sort of established her. And after a while, after writing, you know, she did all the Father of the Bride movies. Mm -hmm. She eventually got her shot at directing. Her first job was The Parent Trap. Right. With Lindsay Lohan. Amazing. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I've heard it's really good, actually. It is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we should probably... That would be a good rewatchability movie. Yeah, for sure. Even though we haven't seen it. But, you know, (laughs) yeah. Um, Also, I don't know how it holds up now. Mel Gibson movie, What Women Want, was also her. Yeah. Mel Gibson definitely knows what women want. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. I mean, what can you say about that? I mean, all I remember about it was it featured that Meredith Brooks song, I'm a Bitch. Do you remember? Which is a a jam. I'm a lover. I'm a child. I'm a mother. I'm a sinner. I'm a saint. Let's go on. We gotta let this happen. I mean, I could have kept going. I love that song. There's the mic. (laughs) Yeah, Um, Now Too, I think, was the album that was on. I remember that one. But I am quite certain that one does not hold up. Yeah. I remember at the time it being like, what is going on? Like, what is this movie? Yeah, Helen Hunt was mm-hmm. in it. That was the co-star. And they were making shoes for Nike. That was like the plot. And they were like <laughs> trying to sell women running shoes. They were like, <laughs> women won't run. <laughs> oh, my it's God. It's not good for their temperament. <laughs> I've been listening to the Conan podcast a lot. and. Uh, <laughs> um, Keep your old timey voices to a minimum, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Hillary Clinton came on. She was talking about how she could only play half court basketball <laughs> when she was in in uh, college because they were like, you can't play full court. It's only three steps, and then you have to pass the ball because you can't really run. As well. it was just like horrible, horrible mm. stuff. And Jack Black was on the latest one uh, this morning that I listened to. You think he talks about the holiday? He definitely does not talk about the holiday. (laughs) But it helped me understand the holiday a little bit more just because I had never really seen Jack Black in an interview where he wasn't trying to, like, really sell Jack Black as a character. Right. And so – Like, is he he trying to be funny or is he – No. He's just kind of like – he, he he says words wrong uh, for comedic effect sometimes. But for the most part, he's just like – Kind of hanging out. I'm like, that's his character in the holiday. It's just, it's so foreign to us to see that. Yeah. So I felt like hearing him just be him helped my, uh, maybe make me think that like he did a better job in the holiday than maybe I thought before. Right. Yeah. In my mind, I always thought of the holiday as being some sort of victim of Hollywood casting. Like, where somebody writes a movie for these people, and right. then they're like, well, 
we'd love to finance this thing, but you're going to have to get Jude Law in it or you're going to have to get Cameron Diaz in it. Right. Apparently, that was not the case. Nancy Myers actually wrote this movie for all four of the stars. <laughs> Including Jack Black? Including Jack Black. Oh my god, that's like borderline insulting. <laughs> I think it is kind of insulting for yeah, for yeah. Jack Black. I mean, they all have this really rich backstory except for him. His his character there's no real No. backstory to his character other than he loves this woman, perceives her as too good for him, and it's not working out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot of dimensions to him. No. Yeah. But it was, you know, thought to be like a real stretch for Jack Black to be a romantic lead in a right romantic comedy. Well, it was. I mean, all three of <laughs> yeah, us it definitely was. to begin this podcast were like... We didn't watch it at first because Jack Black was in the trailer not being Jack Black. We're like, what's this? What foreign thing is this to us? Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's weird that she wrote it for them. It, yeah. Because, I don't know, it, it did feel like they just went down Time's list of, like, 100 hottest people and, like, were, like, making phone calls. Because <laughs> Jude Law got number one on the list and so did Cameron Diaz, like, within the past three years of making this movie. Right. So, which I don't. I can't see Jude Law making a list anymore. I don't know. No. It's just uh, it's just weird. I yeah, I mean not to not to beat up on Jude Law too much, but uh yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be against the law? <laughs> breaking the law, breaking the law. He, yeah, even J- Jude Law was also thought to be sort of cast against type and, and Kate Winslet as well because at this point she'd only really done a lot of period pieces. Right. And Jack Black similarly had done a lot of period pieces. There were things where he's like very like arch and evil mm. <laughs> or just awful. Yeah. I, I feel like all th- like the three of them besides Jack Black are like – this is what they do. Like, you know, Cameron Diaz has been tons of comedies since. So, like, maybe this started something for all of them if it wasn't what they were known for before. Yeah. Even Kate Winslet's like, kind of the, you know, she can play quirky now, especially in yeah. one of my fave films, Eternal Sunshine. Yeah. Really so great. Yeah. So maybe this kind of, you know, shook things up because they were written for instead of cast against type that, like, maybe people saw different things in them. I don't know. Yeah. Cameron Diaz was cast because she reminded Nancy of, I call her Nancy, <laughs> of Goldie Hawn. Oh, I can see that. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I also, I really like Cameron Diaz as a comedic actor. And apparently she is fucking retired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? Yeah, she's, she's done? retired from acting, which, uh, that sucks. Yeah. I feel bad. But I feel like she crammed so much into her career. It was almost like too much output. I could see wanting to not do it. Right. Like she was almost oversaturated at one point. Yeah. Fair enough. She's so charismatic, though. I agree with you. I absolutely love her. And I think that's what I love about this movie, too, is that, I mean, Kate Winslet is like acting the heck out of it. Her scenes are incredible. (laughs) Yes. But so are Cameron Diaz's, and they kind of are naturally in the foreground more than the men and more inherently interesting. Yeah. And I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Like in a lot of Nancy Myers's like recent stuff has been about women trying to exercise these trash men from their lives. Right. And that's really <laughs> that's really great. But I think it's even more so than in it's complicated. This movie right. gives women a lot more power to make the decisions in their lives. I mean, Cameron yeah. Diaz does not waste any time punching her ex-husband mm-hmm. and kicking him out. Mm-hmm. Kate Winslet's obviously struggling with her pro- professional and personal relationship with Jasper. Right. But when she does, it's amazing. Jasper Bloom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. And I think I think uh, Cameron Diaz does like a pretty great comedic turn here too i mean we were making fun of the crying and not being able to cry but when she's in the back of that cab trying to cry or like crying for the first time both those scenes were great and i laughed at both of them yeah i laughed at Mm. both of them oh you didn't like them i don't know i mean as much as i love cameron diaz i didn't love all of her in this movie i feel like I mean, I don't like her character. I feel like her character isn't very well developed. Like, I feel like she's just sort of like playing Cameron Diaz in a way that I don't know if it quite works for the movie. Like, I want her to 
be I want her to do something else than what she's than just be Cameron Diaz in a romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, Kate Winslet is doing more than like you know she's acting a part. Yeah, Jude Law, he's acting very hard in trying not to seem like a jerk. But uh, <laughs> you hate Jude Law so much. I don't know. Does anybody? I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Do you th- do you think like the, did the casting work in this movie? Well, I think this is where like the limits of the movie are. What sucks about Cameron Diaz's role is it's so much a gender reversal, right, where she plays the kind of character that a man would usually play in this movie, where she's Mm. stoic, she doesn't want to commit, she can't be emotional. And so as much as room as that creates to kind of subvert expectations, it doesn't, like, the depth of that character is just that it's It's still a stock character. Yeah, Yeah. like Mm. a counter type. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. In a lot of rom-coms, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of, like a director on set. Uh, it just feels like, oh, these are <laughs> actors doing things and the camera's in one position. But even Nancy Myers' films, the I'm getting to a point here, but I just want to say I looked up like her favorite. I was like, what's Nancy Myers' favorite films? Because every director kind of has right. a list of their favorite films online. And that's like the blueprint for her style. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, what are yeah, what are her favorite films? And so I looked it up and, and I couldn't find it. Instead, I found five pages deep of Nancy Myers' favorite kitchens. Favorite kitchen appliances, <laughs> favorite sets, favorite uh, uh, kitchenware. It's all about freaking kitchens. And I just felt so bad oh, yeah. for Nancy Myers as like a female filmmaker. Like, you know, you look up like, you know, Quentin Tarantino's favorite yeah, movies. I, I want to like see Martin Scorsese's kitchenware line, you know, <laughs> yeah. make like, you know, big pots of pasta. <laughs> <laughs> just like Martin Scorsese's grandma did it. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was, that was troubling. And so I couldn't find anything on that, but I did, I did kind of notice throughout the film that she was doing some really interesting things with like breaking the 180 degree rule which is mm-hmm. like making sure that they're both on opposite ends opposite sides of the screen we know what the okay. 180 degree I'm rule sorry is. I didn't mean to mansplain it to you Rob but yeah I, it was very interesting because in the one conversation with Jude Law and Cameron Diaz where they kind of decide to make a go of it like when they do the, it crosses the line because mm. they're kind of crossing their own line right. like there's all those like little interesting things that she does in this yeah, movie yeah she's a very clever director that yeah way. but not in a way that is like Big and flashy. There's no big explosions or swoops or anything like that to be like, this is her calling card, which I really appreciate. Well, one movie that influenced her that gets called back on in this movie, she says that she became a screenwriter when she saw The Graduate. Right. And then they're in the blockbuster talking about The Graduate. And then, of course, Dustin Hoffman's there. Yeah, yeah. Hey, another trash guy now yeah. who <laughs> yeah. we can exercise through oh, the film. Yeah. 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 Well, that was also cast against type, like famously cast against type, right? Like they yeah. got like the nerdy guy instead of the football player. Mm-hmm. There. So yeah. maybe she was pulling that from it too. Well, yeah. Apparently, though, uh, it was very happenstance because Dustin Hoffman w- wasn't supposed to be in the film. He just sort of saw a bunch of cameras and wandered on set and uh, was like, <laughs> Oh, what's going on here? I love that he's... Oh, Nancy, hi. <laughs> in real life, he's actually the old man character in this film. Yeah. Like, can someone take me home? <laughs> <laughs> Is it safe? <laughs> but yeah, what did you... What were your impressions re-watching it for the eighth time, I guess, for you, Katie? What did you... What did it feel like this time? Did you notice anything new? Yes, I don't mean to go for something that's so ridiculous and, like, not meaty first, but I had a question for the both of you. When Jude Law is... Uh, my partner and I were talking about the gender dynamics of when Cameron Diaz discovers that he's a widower and he has these two right. kids, which is, I agree with her, a very weird thing not to disclose. Yeah. At first. <laughs> and he says, like, I have to be a mother and a father. I read these cookbooks at night. And then he says, I have a cow in the backyard. Right. Did you notice this? No. I I mean, yeah, he has like a small little farm that he's like running at the same time. Which is like, give up the farm, dude. If you're if you're like so you're like, I'm stretched six ways from Sunday, then like maybe give up one of your jobs. Yeah, because he also works in publishing, right? Yes. It, oh my god. I just was quite taken aback by this cow detail. Um that never comes back. No. Yeah. We never see the cow. We need to see him milking the cow grumbling about Cameron Diaz being like, I don't know why these people show up. The kids need their own pasteurized milk for their cereal. (laughs) They need a mother. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, no, that's weird. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, weird. yeah. Uh, any other that was that was your main takeaway. The cow. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, why, why does he have a cow? <laughs> I don't have a cow, man. Get rid of it. Yeah, I also feel like he feels so hard done by by having to be like the sole parent to these two girls when like women have been doing it forever. <laughs> like I don't know, man. Yeah, like I had a single mom. Well, I, don't know. I mean, it's ha- me. it's always hard, and it's always it you is know, always portrayed hard. as hard. But yeah. we don't really see like how hard it is for him. The kids are mostly like. They're perfect cute kids. Machines. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they come up. They love Cameron Diaz. They love her, and she loves them, which is going to hold right until they get married, and then they will hate each other. <laughs> That's the sequel. I Evil stepmother. See. <laughs> right. <laughs> but we don't see him like you know having to make a choice between like you know going to a big publishing meeting and going to his kids, whatever you know. That's a great point, Rob. Like, I think there's another uh, – in a lot of rom-coms, people are faced with a choice and they choose love. And in this one – Choose love. It feels like they don't have to really choose between anything. They're like, do we continue this or not? Like, is there's something or nothing and we're choosing something, which isn't really a choice, it feels to me. Yeah, anyway. they're going with the flow in the most affluent way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Flying back and forth seven times a year. Yeah. Exactly. So, Blaine, yeah. what did you think? Did you think this one was rewatchable? Yeah, I thought there was like a lot of a lot of uh, cool moments in it that I didn't necessarily expect in this movie. But it, it, it definitely made me respect Nancy Myers a lot. I hadn't seen too many of her movies. My rom-coms are like a lot older than right. I watch. But yeah, I, I can't wait to watch the rest of her movies. I'm, I'm kind of smitten with her as a director right now. And um, yeah, I, I thought that most of the relationships kind of worked by the end. But I wanted to see I want. I just. I just wanted to see uh, Kate Winslet hang out with the old man more. Yeah, and talk in movie terms. Yeah, this is a meet cute. So I was the also protagonist in your own life. I know. I do like that she that Eli Wallach was polite enough to explain the rules of the world that she was inhabiting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I was also like a little bit worried that Eli Wallach was going to do something like old man creepy. <laughs> yes, I think that does unfortunately hover over everything, <laughs> and thankfully it doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah. He buys her a corsage. She's like, oh, thanks, and then tries to kiss her. Nope, okay. <laughs> this is not at all. God no. damn it. Yeah. Fuck. This is too much like real life. <laughs> Old Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, what, yeah. what about you? I think the that's my main takeaway is the that you can go away to a place and have an experience and that it can be like subtly transformative and in the form of that intergenerational friendship i just really adore that subplot however i don't know i think with this film the kind of underlying principle even though there is a lot that the women characters get to do and say and autonomy that they get to have the bottom line kind of is if men are treating you poorly in your life as a woman. You just need a vacation. Um, which <laughs> or I another found, man. Yeah, which is yes. like kind of, yeah, the Jack Black character swooping in. Totally. Yeah, fill the hole in her life. Uh, another man left. He's a rebound. Of, yeah. Like there's this part where Cameron Diaz is talking to John Krasinski and Catherine Hahn, who are oh, her yeah. employees. Yeah. And she's describing all of these sort of gender-based double standards. And she's getting really fired up about it. And that monologue culminates in, I need a vacation. And I kind of <laughs> wanted her to say, like, I want to smash the patriarchy. Right. I, like, obviously, Instead of like, I want to go to the spa. Like, yeah. God damn yeah. it. I though in that very scene I did I did hate she's like talking about how like she has so much stuff to worry about and now there's like terrorists which are making her look old. Yeah. I mean yeah. she's low key racist yeah. in this film. She wants to go to England because they speak English. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean yeah, she's not nice with her gardeners. No, nope. we're all also like workers. What we're speaking about John Krasinski and troubling double standards yeah. like why does John Krasinski get to be Jack Ryan and Jenna Fisher from The Office has to host a podcast about The Office? <laughs> mm-hmm. Give her a fucking movie or TV franchise, for God's sakes. Yeah, I, I love her. <laughs> I feel about John Krasinski the way that you feel about Jude Law. Um, oh, wow. I found 
The Quiet Place really troubling and wow. um, reaffirming of like gun happy American right. values. Mm. And he just, I don't love Jim's character in The Office. He's a right. bully. And mm. I recently watched this interview with him where he was like, I really am so thankful for the FBI. Did you guys see that? <laughs> Someone's like <laughs> talking to him on the red carpet. So I was really like, so thankful yeah, for the it's FBI. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> love those yeah, they low jacked my car. Yeah. I just love knowing where I am at all times. It's great. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw his first movie, which was an adaptation of David Foster Wallace's brief interviews with hideous men. Mm. And uh, yeah, it was not <laughs> a good movie, but also he is very creepy in it in a way that's like, I'm revealing myself oh, <laughs> or something. But uh, yeah, yeah. Blaine reminds me a lot of John Krasinski. Oh, thanks, Ben. That's great. I- I also think that this movie is rewatchable. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed watching it. I thought parts of it worked very well. And kind of the parts that don't are fun to make fun of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a really nice time. I watched it with my girlfriend. She'd seen it before. And uh, it was great. We, 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 it was nice. It just, it just works just enough. It's not too Christmassy. Because it was written and directed by a Jewish woman, <laughs> which helps because I don't like Christmas, but I want to still kind of like feel some of the things that are Christmassy. Mm-hmm. Well, it also takes season. place in L.A., like so it doesn't feel Christmassy for half the movie, yeah. despite dint of there being no snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, 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 and it's like as we said before, like I think it's aged wellish. You know, <laughs> a lot more than like the other '90s rom coms that are out there. This one. Because it it was written and directed by a woman, like it feels like it's like oh this is something that I can maybe stand the test of time a little bit mm. more than the other. So God, <laughs> yeah. That is rewatchability for this week. Thank you, Katie, for coming on. Thanks so much. It was great to Thank have you. Thank you for having me. It was so fun. Great. Love great. To have you back on. <laughs> yeah. Great. And you can check out you the listeners can check out her writing on the internet. And at the... Uh, the internet.com. <laughs> yeah, they can Another find case. me on the internet or contact the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> they see yeah. you when you're sleeping. Yeah. They you're ready for a feminist film blog. You're on a list. Yeah, you know? yeah that's right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and we are, of course, on Apple Podcasts where you can subscribe and you can rate us. And we're on the other podcasters too, Stitcher, Podbean, Pod Whammo, whatever they're called. Pod Whammo. <laughs> and uh, Patreon.com slash Rewatchability. Yeah, if you want to give a little bit of something. And you can also support us by going to tpublic.com and buying one of those Rewatchability t-shirts, which I might say make the perfect gift. Oh, my God. It just works. <laughs> and we'll see you next week with our final Christmas extravaganza. Oh, my God. Can you even guess what it'll be? I can't. <laughs> 